0: Welcome to an all-new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today, I'm sitting down with Meredith Shore, who makes her trade paperback debut with her book as seen on TV. This book is so cute. It has all the hallmark feels, but it has so many swoony moments, steamy moments. It's just such a great romance read. Meredith and I got into everything from how she started writing to some of my favorite moments in the book. And of course, all of those pop culture references, because there are just so many, which is the best thing ever for me. I love pop culture. As we all know, this book was so much fun. I had an amazing time connecting with Meredith and I loved this conversation. So I hope you guys will too. And as a special, thank you for taking a listen. If you head over to my Instagram right now at get lit with Leanna, you can enter for your chance to win your own copy of this book. So head over there right now. Don't waste a second. Go enter. Good luck. But without further ado, my conversation with Meredith Shore starts right now. Welcome, Meredith, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I loved your book as seen on TV. We were kind of just talking about it. There are so many things about it that I loved. I think that the pop culture references, obviously were so in my wheelhouse because I'm just obsessed with TV and movies and like celebrity. And I obviously can feel that you are too, from all of the tiny references to the big references. So I'm so excited to have you here because I feel like we have so much in common, just even using that as a baseline. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me to be here.
0: Of course, of course. So before we get started and talk like more in depth about i on TV. I'm very curious about you and your writing career because I saw that this book is your first trade paperback, correct? Mm-hmm. So before you got published with Forever and, and went down this route, what were you doing before? I know you were writing. So tell me like what that was like.
1: I was writing, I've been writing for years. And when I first started writing, I was told that Chiclet, which is what I was writing, was dead. And I couldn't get an agent at all, but I knew there was an audience for it. I had, I was in a book club, a chiclet book club. All of my friends liked reading about fun, light reads about young women finding their way in love and in career and everything. So I knew there was an audience and I found a smaller publisher who, who offered me a contract. So I, chiclet was dead for like several years after that. And I just, I found like a, a small but very loyal audience of readers who really, really enjoyed my books, and that, even though my dream had always been to see my book in a bookstore, it it really just warmed my heart that there were always there were people who like looked forward to me getting a book out there. Yeah, and so it compelled me to keep writing. And then I just stopped selling. I, I just could not grow my audience anymore. And I think that the reason there were several reasons. I think one was that. There were indie publishing became huge and there were all these talented authors who were brilliant marketers and they had control over their prices and everything. And they were doing mm-hmm. an amazing job. And then you also had the success of the Hating game. So you had New York pushing more authors of rom-com and my tiny publisher who didn't really offer me any marketing but I couldn't control my pricing. I just couldn't stand out. So I just, my dream of having my book in a bookstore just awakened with a vengeance and rom-com was far from dead. And I said, this is my time. And so I decided my next book, Going big, getting that agent, and I had to work my butt off. I mean, I, I got rejected. I work, you know, I tore out like clumps of hair with the query letter, you know, oh, trying no. to get it perfect and the synopsis, the dreaded synopsis. But <laughs> I got an amazing agent after just a couple of months in the trenches. And then my book didn't sell. The first book on sub didn't sell. Mm. But I, I held tightly to this dream. And so I just I shelved it, even though it was devastating. And I was already halfway through the first draft of a scene on TV, and my agent loved it, and she, we went out on submission like immediately, and I got a call from an editor within one day.
0: Oh my god! Which is
1: like all the devastation from before like disappeared.
0: I'm like, sure as soon as
1: that happened so quickly, and the book sold in one week at auction, and it was. The, like, the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. I don't imagine it will ever happen again like that. But Never say it, never. It uh, just makes me, I just remember that week so fondly. Like, it was just wonderful.
0: How long ago was
1: this? That was August of 2020.
0: Okay, so this book was a pandemic book for you. Like, you were writing it in yes. the thick of the pandemic. What was that like?
1: Well, I have written the first half before the pandemic. Okay. But... The second half, I think we it was like March 17th when my That's agent, my birthday. Oh, happy St. Patrick's Day birthday.
0: That's me, a St. Patrick's Day baby. That's so funny. Okay.
1: Well that I think that was the day where my agent said we got our last pass. And what do you want to do okay. with this book? And I was like, I don't want to go with smaller publishers. There's nothing wrong with them, but at the stage of my career, mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted and I knew that taking a smaller deal would just delay this dream that I'd already put off for so long. Right. So I was already halfway through, I was seen on TV and it was the perfect escape. I was, and I had so much time on my hands. Like everything was locked down. I couldn't go anywhere. I was right. working from home. So I woke up before I logged on to work. I wrote, I wrote right after work. I wrote like every night, every weekend, there was nothing else to do. And it's such a light, fun story. I mean, there's, there's some issues in there, but for the most part, it's, it was just pure escape. And it was exactly what I needed to, um, kind of forget while I was writing what else For sure. was happening in the world.
0: For sure. I wish I had this book while it was like peak pandemic because my – my reading journey has been like very up and down. Like as a reader, I was, as a young child, like I always loved to read. My parents read to me growing up. And then like through high school, I read all of those like Gossip Girl books and the A-list and all of those, loved them. And then once I started pre-college into university, my life was just school. I didn't have time to read for pleasure, except for when I would go on like a family vacation. And then I would read like the odd Colleen Hoover book, but that was really it. Like I wasn't reading like the way I'm reading now. And when Mm -hmm. COVID hit at all this downtime and Netflix at the time was not producing content the way they're producing content now. Like there was not new stuff coming out every single day the way that we have it now. And Mm -hmm. I was like, how many times can I rewatch like Boy Meets World Rewinds? And like, (laughs) how many times can I rewatch this One Tree Hill season four episode that I love? Like I needed something else to fill my time. And that's kind of how I started reading. And because everything was so like, scary and dark and like unknown all I wanted to do was read like light fluffy happy romances and that's how this whole thing started because I think the hating game was one of the first books I read like in that period of time because I was looking for exactly what you were saying chicklet and mm-hmm. I think that like I, I mean I see it now amongst even just my real life friends never mind the friends I've made online through my bookstagram page but we are all reading so much now and it's thanks to COVID and there's it's like if anything good came out of this it's the amount of material and like collateral we have now to consume there's so much out there and I really Mm -hmm. wish that I had this I mean not as I adored it now and I'm so happy I got to read it now but like As Seen on TV was exactly the book that I would have needed peak pandemic because it's just so like swoony and light and happy and funny and it has like so many pop culture references and obviously it does touch on some darker subjects but it's just it was just like the most, like it provided so much levity even now. So I could, I, I can't imagine what it was giving you peak pandemic to write it. Like it must've done the exact reverse for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it kind of saved my life. I was, I live alone and I, I couldn't see my parents and I would be like, I'm never going to see my mom again. Oh my like God. I just, cause we didn't know if there was an end in sight. Right. And you know, a lot of my friends are not in New York. Right. So I couldn't even like just go outside and meet him on the street. There was just, a, I had a lot of virtual happy hours. Those same. I'm
0: days. sure. Same. If you don't mind sharing with us, what is A Scene on TV about?
1: Sure. A Scene on TV is about a 25-year-old Adina Geller who is a cynical New Yorker and she is an aspiring journalist who is obsessed with Hallmark movies and small towns in general. And she's trying to break into freelance journalism or just get a good job in journalism at all while hustling two jobs as a barista and a spin instructor. And one day she hears about on TV, she watches a lot of TV, just like her creator. She hears <laughs> about um, a real estate conglomerate who wants to develop this tiny town called Pleasant Hollow in upstate New York, like population 2000. And her mind as a Hallmark fan immediately goes to Hallmark because there is a evil real estate developer in like at least 75% of Hallmark. For sure. Yeah. And so she pitches this story to one of the editors that she knows about comparing this real life Hallmark town to the Hallmark movies. And she, and she gets the go ahead to write, to go to Pleasant Hollow to write this story. And he even dangles a full-time staff position there and then there's added stakes about what she really needs this full-time job so she goes to Pleasant Hollow and she's certain she's going to write the story of her career except when she gets there she discovers that it's nothing like tv letter to believe right there's no fall festival or any community events at all there's no homemade pie or pastries anywhere in Mm -hmm. town and the locals are not at all friendly to her in fact the only person who's welcoming to her is Finn Adams who is a fellow Manhattanite who happens to work for the real estate developer that she had hoped to bring down. So now she's in this town and she has to write a story with the facts that she has, which don't really match her pitch. Right, And she has to figure out what's happening with this building chemistry with Finn Adams because she's already decided that she's done with New York men. Like she's been there, done that. It's a one way ticket to nowhere, but yet she can't fight this attraction to him.
0: I loved that this book had a happily ever after. I kind of went into it knowing that it was going to because one, it's um, romance, but also the emphasis that the synopsis has and the blurb everything on Hallmark movies. And I am such a Hallmark movie stan and everyone makes fun of me for it. But like I'm somebody that will watch them year round. Like, never mind just the Christmas ones. Like, I'll watch them year round. Anyway, when I saw that there was all the Hallmark references on your book, I was like, I'm going to get a happily ever after because if it's a Hallmark. Esque kind of book, like this sounds like like a Hallmark movie book, then it's going to obviously be such a happy after. Anyway, I'm just very curious, like you obviously are a Hallmark stand too. you love them. Was that like when you were outlining the book? Were you like, this is gonna 100% be a Hallmark feel? I know it's like the small townness, but like you knew that you wanted Hallmark to be really a through line through the book.
1: Well, the whole idea was to take all the Hallmark tropes and flip them on their head in a a really exaggerated and funny way. So it was supposed to be like you get the Hallmark feel, but it's supposed to be like opposite. I I meant it to be like opposite a Hallmark at every stage of the way. Like, you know, in a Hallmark movie, the B&B person would like show up with like cookies and want to talk to her about what brings you here. Yeah. You're writing this article and Lorraine is like, we don't open yet. Yeah. by the grandfather clock, you know? So she's like, what, like, what is going on here? And I kind of like, that was my intention at the beginning. Right. I didn't plan on writing the book. We were just talking about, my friends and I were talking about how funny it would be if there was a book or a movie where you have this Hallmark obsessed main character that completely flips everything. And she's kind of like, what is going on? Right. So years later after when I was getting ready to go on submission for my first book with the agent and I had to write a list of pitches for like the next book that I was going to write, that was one of them. And it was like the only one she liked on my list and she (laughs) loved it. She was like, this sounds brilliant. Write this one. And so of course I, I only had like the the basic premise there. So I didn't have the characters developed or anything. So that's later on is when I came up with the characters. So speaking
0: of the characters we have to talk about Adina because I have been saying this to a lot of different Jewish authors that I've been like chatting with and even not even just for the podcast, just like DMing with on Instagram. Like I really feel and I I think as time goes on, I'm noticing more and more, which is incredible, but I felt very like hungry for Jewish main characters in books, especially Jewish main characters that like looked and felt like me. And I really love the way that Adina was built because she was very secular the way that my family and I am very secular, but she's still innately Jewish and she lets that Jewishness come out very naturally. Which I loved. And one of my favorite scenes, obviously, is that Rosh Hashanah dinner. So I need you to talk to me about like the importance of including a Jewish character and then obviously like adding in those the mention of the But Mitzvah and then having the Rosh Hashanah dinner and all of that. I would love to hear your intention behind that.
1: Well, it was a no-brainer to me to have a Jewish main character because I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I really wanted a book that showed a Jewish character where her Judaism wasn't pivotal to the plot because, but she was Jewish, because there's no one way to be Jewish. Yeah. And I think that there are some books where it is pivotal to the plot, and they're amazing, like the Matzobal and the Intimacy Experiment, and they're both Mm -hmm. great, but you wouldn't have the books without the Jewish component.
0: For sure. But
1: but for years, I've been reading books about people where you know the characters celebrate Christmas, but -hmm. nobody talks about going to church. Right. No one ever mentions the actual religion part. So why can't there be Jewish characters where you know they're Jewish, but nobody like being Jewish isn't a huge part of the book. Exactly. So that was really important to me. And I had another person tell me that she could really feel Adina's Jewishness. <laughs> and like, how did I do that? And I was like, that just came naturally because right. that's me. Right. You know, And her family, my family was very different than Adina's. I had two older sisters and they were all, I had a stepfather and my grandmother lived with me and my house was always full, filled with people. But wow. our love language is food. And so yes. So every holiday, every celebration, there's just a lot of food. And our conversations over the dinner table are very casual, informal, bordering on teasing each other. <laughs> so like, that's that was how Adina's family is as yeah. well. Yeah, it's, it was just really important to me. And I purposely had her eating bacon and loving bacon, just because a lot of people have this misconception that being Jewish and being kosher are mutually exclusive. And so I also, true. I, I just I wanted to put that in there just to just to prove that. Yeah. That it's not, you know, it's, it's not necess- it's fine to be kosher, but it's yeah. also fine not to be.
0: Totally. I also love that her name is Adina. Like you just gave her such like a, like you gave her like a Hebrew name. So even if you, this book were to be turned into a movie or whatever, like you would have to read, like her character is innately Jewish. Like you can't miss, like you can't take the Judaism out of her. It's literally in her name. So I just loved that part too. It was so, yeah, I loved it. I really loved it. Once I read the synopsis and I saw that her name was Adina, cause it does not say anything in the synopsis about her being Jewish. But the second that I saw her name was Adina Geller. I was like, yeah, <laughs> my girl, I can relate. So I love that so much. Another part of the book that I loved that I was not expecting was the level of steam, because to go back to the Hallmark part of it, when you watch a Hallmark movie, you have to wait to the last 40 seconds for there to be a kiss. Nothing happens Mm -hmm. before. So I was expecting a very YA type romance, like I was expecting a very slow burn. And then at the end, there would be a peck and a happily ever after, which I was totally content with and going into thinking. Mm -hmm. that that was going to happen. And boy, did you give me whiplash because I went into it thinking that nothing was going to happen. All of a sudden, all the things happen and they happen quick. (laughs) So I need to know, like, was that something you had to like push for? Or was that you always knew you were going to do it? Like, tell me about the steam intimacy of it all.
1: Well, I mean, it's because it took Hallmark troops on their heads. I didn't feel the need to, I wasn't writing it for Hallmark. Right. So I knew that I didn't have to adhere to their strict you know, boundaries as far as kissing and, and, and just physical intimacy at all. Right. Um, and I I wanted the sex to be on the page. I First of all, I didn't want part of the conflict is I wanted them to have sex earlier and, and then the relationship form from there. Like they yes. grow a friendship and an attraction and then they have sex and then it kind of goes downhill for yeah. a while. So that was important to me, too. I knew they needed to have sex before the last page. Right. And I wanted it to be on the page because I thought it was just important for their emotional growth. But I also wanted it to match the tone of the book. And I love reading really steamy books. Same. But I, I don't really think they, at least at this point, they really fit my writing style. And I didn't want to jar people too much. <laughs> okay. you know? So I kind of wanted it to be, to flow with the the you know the tone of the overall book.
0: Right. And their banter was so great from the very beginning like I just felt that they like connection there was so much tension there so once they actually like got down to it it was so gratifying as a reader and I just it was it threw me for a loop because I was like okay the tension's there like this is just gonna be one of those like bantery books where finally at the end we're gonna get something and then all of a sudden I get something so much earlier I was like this is the best surprise like was not oh, expecting it happy. yeah I but loved yeah, I, it I
1: think, I think my editor had me cut one sex scene but not because it it was sexy. It just but it didn't really need to be there. Okay. I didn't want gratuitous sex scenes either. Okay. So, and, and I like them short. I don't, I didn't want to go pages and pages and pages. of it.
0: Right. I have one more real question about like the plot of your book and that's the whole aspect about Finn and his relationship with his father. And we won't get into spoilers because I know we want to be like careful and want everyone to read the book and make their own assumptions of like everything. But, Obviously he is a, he cares for his father deeply. His father is an alcoholic and I'm curious why that was important for you to include in the story. Like what, what, what part of that, their relationship did you want to add as an element to the story?
1: I think basically Adina has this idea, even though she was cynical about relationships in New York, because she had this pedestal, of you know, where she put these small town romances where everything is perfect and easy. I wanted her to learn that even when the person is right, it doesn't mean that it's easy. Right. And so, so Finn had to have his own problems and his own issues that he's dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I think you know she had to learn that even when something is is great, it's still going to take hard work. Right. So I don't. So there was no specific reason for the why I chose alcoholism. Okay. I just knew that I had to build something in his personality that would make him less desirous of a full time of a, like a real full blown relationship where he can't really give to somebody what he thinks that they need or what he thinks should be given to somebody, what they, what they deserve in a relationship. Right. And the fact that he's giving so much to his dad and he drops everything for his dad. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been in relationships before where people have been, you know, disappointed with him for like not giving him, him not giving them 100%. Right.
0: Right. I just really love that extra added element to their story because there really needed to be some sort of like additional conflict. And I wasn't expecting, I was curious the entire time, like why he is so like distant, I guess, and like apprehensive of a relationship. And I, I really, there was no indication that this was going to be the reason. So when all this came to be revealed, I was like, that's interesting. And then it kind of all made sense. All these little pieces of Finn that I didn't really realize they all kind of connected. So I really love that part. And I didn't want to let this conversation go without asking you about the intention. Yeah. Each of it. And another part of the book that I adored, which we kind of talked about before is all the pop culture references. Cause there were so many. And I feel like I can't even remember all of them. And as I was reading, I was like jotting some of them down. And then I was like, we just have to talk about it in broad strokes, but the one that I was obsessed with that I feel like not a lot of people, and maybe cause like not a lot of people in my life know about it, but the bull type, that was my favorite show, like, when it was on TV. And, like, I don't even know if it aired in Canada. Like, I don't even know if it was on T. I I was watching it online on, like, ABC Spark or whatever. I love that show. It was actually filmed here in Montreal. So I would, in the summers, like, try to find them filming it. But did you watch it and did you love it, too? Is that why you included it?
1: I w- didn't watch it until... I don't think I actually watched the whole thing through until after this book was already through with edits.
0: Oh my God. Cause there were so many little comments. I was like, she knows the show.
1: Well, I, I think maybe by the time I got to edits, I had watched it because okay. the scene with Garrett mm-hmm. the man who starts, he's like, I don't want to give anything away, but that was a really fun scene to write.
0: It was so cute
1: it was not part of my initial draft that i sent to my editor it it was a scene that i had to rewrite and it by then i had already read the book and i was trying to think of like how this guy would what kinds of new york references he would know he would know right and that, and that came up, especially as a journalist, just like Jane, you know, Yeah, and-
0: no, it's so good. And it's also so funny that like, it's a New York story, but it was fully filmed here in Montreal, which is that. like so crazy. It's so good. But obviously there's all of like the Gilmore girls references. Cause like, how could you not think stars hollow, but yeah, I just like loved all of them. So was it hard for you to like pick and choose what references you wanted to use? And like, no, it wasn't hard. You're a huge TV junkie. I know that you like love I- this stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm a I'm a television addict. I I think that there I have must have more hours in my day than most people. I manage to watch ridiculous amounts of TV all while also writing a book and crazy. You know, and having a full time job and I sleep. I mean, I, it's not like I get four hours of sleep. I mean, I, I sleep a lot, so oh I, I don't really manage to watch a lot of TV. And they just they just flow out of me. And I know a lot of people don't love pop culture references in books. They think they date them, but honestly. No. I want people to read the book like you did and kind of smile and recognize the references now. And I'm not worrying about what people are going to think 50 years from now, because I'm not, I, I don't have any of the illusions that people are probably going to be reading a scene on TV in like 2060. Right. <laughs> I'd rather and than Even just then,
0: reading. if they do, they could be like, wait, what's the bull type? And then go Google it. And you've taught somebody in six years from now something new. So why not? <laughs> Yeah, but I love it. Like every time that there's a pop culture reference, I just feel like you and I have like very similar tastes because all of your pop culture references, I was like, same. But as I was reading it, I was like, I love this so much because it just makes it feel like Adina, once again, not only just being a Jewish person, but like we're just so similar, like we're living in the same world. We have the same interests. This book was it feels like you could have literally published this book like you could have written this book yesterday. Never mind that it's being published right now. Like it's just so like relevant and timely. And it just there's nothing like that, that just like it, you, it really pulls you back into the fact that like this could be your real life. This is a real world. It's not some fantasy far, far away.
1: Well, I'm glad you liked it because it's yeah. hard for me to, to pull back. I, my editor, when she gave me my notes back for book two, she was like, I loved all the pop culture references. I think this might be like your thing. And I'm like, I never really thought of it as my thing. It's just something I like to do. It's just yeah. kind of naturally.
0: No, I love them. I comparing, love them.
1: like present situations to something on TV. It's just.
0: No, it's so great. But before we sign off, tell me what you're working on now. I know you hinted a few times in our conversation that you're working on a book, but tell me whatever you're allowed to tell me, at least. I would love to hear. Yeah.
1: I haven't really asked my editor. I don't even have a title yet because the title that I chose um, was they don't like it. So we're working on that. But I'm pretty sure I could say at least this much and that it's a uh, enemy since childhood to romance, uh, to lovers, forced proximity, opposites attract, rom-com set in Manhattan.
0: Oh, my God. All the good tropes and the best city in the world.
1: And there's a dog in this one. And there's two wow. dogs in it, actually. And it was, uh, this one was, I wrote this whole one during the pandemic. And this was just right. a total escape book. Right. Um, even, even more than a scene on TV, maybe. There's a twist to it. And that part, I don't think I'm allowed to tell you. Don't tell me. Yeah. But that it, it was a really fun book. And this one, both of the main characters are Jewish love. And there's a lot of family things. And it was actually inspired by the family across the street. I grew up the youngest of three. I lived across the street from another family where they had three kids. And my parents were best friends with their parents. And the youngest person on the other on the other family was a girl is a girl. And we were, were best friends. We're still best friends today all these years later. And I started to think, well, what if Ronnie wasn't a girl? And instead of being best friends, we hated each other. You know, oh and God. then like in our 20s, we are forced together for something and we fall in love. And then la, da, da, I can't say. What right.
0: I love that.
1: Like, and so, you know, I already I told that family that like they inspired a book. And so they think that they're the characters. And I'm like, You're not. You, you know, you don't have any idea. Yeah.
0: But- <laughs> That's so fun. I'm so excited. All of those tropes are like my favorite. So I'm I'm sure I'm going to be obsessed. But do we have any idea like when it could be coming out? Any.
1: I'm pretty sure, I think right now it's slated for summer 2023.
0: Okay, amazing, it's so like a year, not that far away.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, what, Like this one is June, you know, seen on TV is June, so, um, but I don't know what month, okay. but I'm pretty sure it's another summer release.
0: Amazing, that's so much fun. You'll have to come back when that one comes out so we could talk about it too, because this was so much to. fun. Yeah, okay. To. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I had so much fun talking to you about this book. I hope everyone picks it up, reads it, loves it. If they've already read it, I hope they learned something new about the story.
1: I had the best time. Thank you again for having me.
0: My pleasure. Thank so you. Thank you. Thank
1: you.